this is episode 8, featured lettering artist, Matthias Witchak. Welcome to the Hand Lettering Podcast. I'm Tan Love, hand lettering artist with a degree in art and design, and more than 10 years experience specialising in pencil illustrations. I write and create for letteringtutorial.com, a place to find tutorials, interviews, resources and more. Join me as I talk about all things lettering. Hello and welcome to this week's hand lettering episode. Over the past couple of days I've had some more feedback on the current structure of these podcast episodes. The feedback's been really positive so that's fantastic. It seems that you're liking the way that I've split the episodes down now so one week you get a particular topic the following week you get a particular artist and a piece of their work and some inspiration. Based on your feedback, I'm going to keep the episode structure going the way it has been the past few weeks because it seems to be working for you, which is the main important thing. <laughs> if you do still want me to change anything though, if there's anything that still doesn't quite work for you or that you there's something maybe that you'd really love to see featured in an, in an episode once or perhaps repetitively please do reach out and let me know I really appreciate your feedback and it really helps me to develop this podcast series because it's still in its early days if you would like to leave some feedback for this podcast series or your thoughts or a feature suggestion that you'd like to see in an episode or multiple episodes you can leave feedback in a couple of ways you can either send me an email And those can be directed to ask at letteringtutorial.com. That's A-S-K at L-E-T-T-E-R-I-N-G T-U-T-O-R-I-A-L dot C-O-M. Or you can leave some feedback through iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you prefer really. Keep in mind that if you leave feedback through iTunes, it will help others to find the podcast too. I think the more feedback and reviews you get, the more iTunes pays attention to a podcast, the more likely it is to get featured in the relevant places and it'll make it easier for others to find, which is what we want because I'd like this to help as many people as possible. Matthias Witchak is this week's featured artist that I've chosen. I know for a fact, I'm going to say it now, I know for a fact I'm not pronouncing his name properly, I'm sure. He's Polish. I even went to the extreme of looking up how to pronounce both his first and surname. I hoped, I hoped so much that there would be something online because I knew if I tried to guess that it would just come out terribly terribly wrong and farther from what it actually is than it probably could ever be because I'm atrocious at pronouncing names as if you've listened to previous episodes you'll probably have caught on by now it's certainly not where my skills lie (laughs) so I looked up online how to pronounce both his first and surname I found a thing actually on YouTube that breaks it down into syllables which was handy so I've gone by that There's a good chance, though, that I've still not transferred it correctly, you know, when you hear something and then you try and sit back 
I don't know how many of you perhaps watch Friends, it's not on TV in the UK so much now, there's an episode where one of the characters is trying to learn French because he's lied and said he can talk in French on his CV or his resume and he's getting lessons off of one of the other characters and she'll say something and then he'll repeat it back and it's absolutely nothing like what she said. That's kind of how I'm like with names. <laughs> So my apologies, Matusz, if you're listening to this, or if there are any other Polish people out there listening to this that are like, oh, what have you done to that name? <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I tried. Matusz works as a full-time freelance designer in Poland, and he's got a big client list to be proud of. There's a couple of big names in there as well. Philips, so I assume that's the electronics company. There's also Nike in his list of clients, so he's he's made some good connections with his lettering work, and he's reached some some pretty big people with it. What's impressive is Matiusz is self-taught, so all of his lettering design skills and graphic design skills that he's built up, they're all self-taught. If you're listening and you want to make a profession out of lettering, this should give you hope. Matthias and his work should give you hope that you don't have to go down the educational route to reach those big brands that might be interested in using your lettering and your skills. You can find Matthias in a couple of places online. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram and on Behance. Those are the main places if you'd like to have a look at his work. I will put links to all of these places in the show notes for this episode as well though so you can get to all quickly and easily. The show notes for this episode will be found at letteringtutorial.com forward slash and lettering podcast 8 and that's a numerical number 8 or if you just go to letteringtutorial.com and click on podcast in the menu, that will take you to a list of all current available podcast episode show notes. So you can have a look at others there as well whilst you're at it if you want to. Matthias first came to my attention a few weeks back now. I think it was Good Type that shared a piece of his work on the Good Type Instagram page. It was a drop cap letter C, a work in progress, and it really stood out to me at the time. It had immense amount of detail going on it, loads of decorational bits as well, and the, the letter C was really strong. It reminded me a little bit of a compass. I don't know if that was the actual intention or not, as it's got kind of a cross, um, like a, almost like a crosshair piece in the middle of two, two thin strips which was the bit that made me think of a compass and obviously the sea was rounded. Like I say, that might not have been the attention, but I liked it. It stood out and it was memorable to me because of that. And that's how I first came across Matthias and his work. Although the drop cap C is a really amazing piece of lettering, that's not the piece I'm going to feature in this week's episode. The piece I'm going to talk about contains the lettering the house of the rising sun so that I believe it is lettered after the song by the animals as it does have the animals in small lettering at the very bottom. I've chosen the house of the rising sun piece because the lettering on it is really really beautiful. 
it's a really great example of multiple words together firstly some lettering pieces you only see one word lettered or just a couple this one obviously includes i haven't actually counted i'm going to do it now quickly one two three four five six if you don't count the little the animals at the bottom so it's nice to see a piece containing a few words that's always useful to pay attention to but the way the letters integrate with each other is really really clever and the use of swirls as well and flourishes it's just a really 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 <laughs> clever piece it's strange as you look at it it almost looks like some letters have been doubled and by that I mean you've got say the R on rising and it almost looks like there's a second R offset from it slightly but it's not there is actually only one outline of lettering he's just used swirls very very cleverly to almost look like there's an offset when there isn't so it doesn't look overcrowded it just looks accented it's very very difficult <laughs> to describe uh, but you will see it I will put a link to it in the show notes so you can find it directly but it's just a lovely piece of lettering even the there's in it there's two there's and they're often not always very exciting to letter out as they're not words that you'd usually place emphasis on but even those are beautiful they've been lettered really well it's got a bit of a, a vintage look about it the style of lettering which again I've mentioned before I'm a complete sucker for but I think it's a great example if you're looking at lettering out multiple words words as well that you might place some emphasis on and leave emphasis off of others this is a great example to look at to see what you can actually do with lettering so I definitely recommend having a look at that piece there's also a work in progress picture for this piece as well and I love it when lettering artists put those up or they put up videos to show the development because I think it's so interesting to see how it gets to the final stage you see it at so the the, uh, the work in progress picture shows uh, Matthias outlining the lettering in, I do believe that's a micron fine line pen. And you can see underneath he's got his line art where he's tracing it through. So that instantly shows you a bit about his process that he perhaps often traces his lettering. So you can learn an awful lot by having a look at work like this. That's the featured piece of lettering definitely check it out it's definitely worth I think following along with um, Matusha's work in the future too not only because he's immensely skilled at lettering and because he seems to be creating work pretty regularly but as I mentioned not all that long ago at all <laughs> he was working on a, a drop cap C which is what caught my attention I believe he's actually working his way through a drop cap alphabet because there's also a B and an A and there's the looks of the starts of a D as well so I think that will be incredible to see that alphabet develop along especially with his skill and talent at making lettering look decorated that's why I say follow along with him, especially on Instagram, because that's where all these pictures seem to be popping up and you'll hopefully get to see that alphabet develop as he works on it. 
is now that time in the episode for your dose of inspiration. This week's lettering quote reflects back to what I discussed in last week's episode. So last week's episode was a discussion on time and how to create more time and use your time a bit more wisely or effectively and generally just get the most out of your time so you've got more room to practice your lettering or work on your lettering projects. It therefore seemed appropriate to choose a quote that related to time (laughs) and possibly noticing a pattern here because I did the same with the last episode where I gave a quote it reflected the previous episode's content so it seems to be a, a good theme to follow. This week's quote is by Martin Luther King Jr and it's we must use time creatively so I thought that seemed a pretty good one to go in line with what I spoke about in last week's episode. It's also a great quote again if you're a beginner and whether you're not a beginner it's still a fun one to play around with. It's only five words so it shouldn't stretch you too much but maybe you could take into consideration a little bit about what I've spoken about with Matish's work and the way he's lettered the House of the Rising Sun you could do perhaps try and do something similar to that with your lettering and have a go. It's entirely up to you, of course. <laughs> Whatever style you want to go with, please just feel free to work how you want to work. It's just suggestions in case you are lacking inspiration. That's what the point of the lettering quote is for. It's to inspire you and give you something to work on and create throughout the week ready for the next week's podcast episode. As I say, every episode, and it still hasn't changed and it still applies, I really do love seeing the work that you create from these quotes that I suggest. It really makes my day to see that you're listening in and lettering what I've I provided or suggested. If you'd like to share with me what you've lettered based on these quotes or just your lettering in general, I still love to see what you're working on, whether it's one of the suggested quotes or whether it's just your own thing. You can do that in a number of ways. You can, again, either email me, as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, and you can do that using ask at letteringtutorial.com or you can tag me on Instagram using at lettering tutorial. Twitter you can tag me using at lettering tute and Facebook if you head on over to the lettering tutorial Facebook page which you can find at facebook.com forward slash lettering tutorial you can always put up your work there and share it with other people too. That's how you can share it with me and one of the podcast's regular listeners Majana, I think that's how you say it. <laughs> See again with the terrible pronunciation of names. Could be Mirjana. I'm sorry. Either way, I know I've got it wrong again. <laughs> Made a suggestion that um, I could create a hashtag so that you can, each time you share your work with me, you can use the hashtag as well. That way then other people can find your your examples of the quotes too. 
in previous episodes I've been naming a few people here and there that have shared their work with me and I thought this would be a great way to make it a bit easier for you to find their work so it was an excellent suggestion Majana thank you very very much it's definitely one I'm going to put into action see this is where your feedback really pays off because it can make this series a lot better I hadn't thought of using a hashtag at all specifically for this that's a really great idea which I'm happy to implement so again if you have any ideas along those sorts of lines please do let me know because there's a good chance I'll end up using them <laughs> so again thank you Majana Majana made a few suggestions of hashtags which were all pretty great but they were all quite long I spent a good few days <laughs> trying to think of a, an appropriate one. I asked a couple of friends as well if they had any good suggestions as I wanted it to try and encompass a sense of community, which is decidedly difficult to do with a hashtag I've concluded. And I went down a route of trying to come up with something a bit fun and quirky as well, but then I realised it might be difficult to remember to use that each time so I've gone with trying to keep it simple now and not too long at the same time. So the hashtag to use from now on and if you want to go back as well and add it to your, I know Twitter you can edit your tweets but Instagram you can edit your pictures and the comments bit below so if you want to go back and edit the ones that you've already put up that would be really great because that will start to fill up the kind of hashtag quite quickly but the hashtag to use is I'm not going to try and do a drum roll because I really can't make those noises <laughs> um, the hashtag is hashtag lettering tutorial gallery so it's not fun or quirky but it does the job it does what it says on the tin and it's your gallery, it's a place for you to share your work with me and other people so it's accessible for anybody to find. That's the hashtag to use. Again, I'll pop that in the show notes so that you've got reference to it just in case you do forget but hopefully that's a, a fairly easy one to remember to use. We're on to the final bit of this week's episode now, the Q&A section, question and answers. This week's question is one that popped up in the Handlettering HQ group that I manage on Facebook. It was a good couple of months ago now. I can't remember who asked the question, so I do apologise. It was an interesting one though, and it's stuck with me for quite a long time. Because it's something that I do notice pop up every now and then. So the person came into the group and they shared a piece of lettering work and they asked the question does anybody know what font is this now the picture of what they shared was complete hand lettering there was nothing digital about it at all it had all been lettered in ink and, and pen and that sort of thing so there was no sign of digitization whatsoever and i tried in the first episode to explain a little bit between the difference between hand lettering and typography and I think where I was quite nervous I probably didn't explain it as well as I would have wanted to have done so this question is actually going to follow on from that a little bit so my response back 
when this question was asked was that it is not actually a specific font. It has characters that you will find in fonts. So, for example, a couple of the letters had serifs on them, not all of the letters. I think it was, was only one or two letters that had a, a bit of a serif going on on them. Or maybe it was the other way around, I can't actually remember now, where most of the letters were serif, but one or two didn't have serifs. So if you're unsure of what a serif is, it's little feet that you get on letters, little tiny extensions that come off of them. So for example, on a letter, a capital letter I, you might have two little tiny feet that come out at the bottom and at the top. Hopefully by that then you'll know what I mean. And then a sans serif, so sans means without, um, is lettering that doesn't have feet. So whether you're dealing with hand lettering or whether you're dealing with a font that's been computer generated, you can have serifs and you can have sans serifs. So there are traits that are similar. There was also something else, oh yeah, it was. I think it was all in capitals, except for one or two letters again. So again, that's something that crosses over in the realm of typography and font design. You can have capital letters in digitised lettering as well as in hand-lettered work. But the overall aim of a font is to be used in a way that no matter what order you put the letters in, it will always work and it will always look good. That's what a font is supposed to do. Whereas hand lettering, you could hand letter something out and try and then rearrange the letters and it could look really, really bad. The aim of hand lettering is to be specific to that design, to that one piece, and it can vary then time and time and time again what you do. That's the major difference really between hand lettering and typography. Typography is the design of placing letters in a way that they can be reused more for like magazine editing and things like that. Don't get me wrong, you occasionally get hand lettered pieces of work in magazines but they would only work for that one specific article. You might have an article about the cold weather <laughs> that we're still getting here in in lovely gloomy Britain at the moment. <laughs> it might say like you know the cold weather has been going on far too long and you could have that hand lettered and that would work really well for that article. But then if you were to take that hand lettering and try and jumble up those letters to create a new heading for a different article about something else entirely, it wouldn't work. Well, it might, but you'd be very lucky. <laughs> Whereas if you're using typography and a font, it's pretty much guaranteed to work as long as the font's been designed well, then that will work wherever you use it for whatever you want to use it for. So that's what the major difference is and it is something that causes a lot of confusion especially when you're new to lettering. For Christmas I hand-lettered pieces of work for my parents. I did a joint piece for them. I did um, another piece for my brother and I did my brother's using a brush script style like letter form. That's what I went for and I 
filled it in in gold and it was a, a, a quote from, I say a quote, not a quote, <laughs> lyrics, that's a bit better, lyrics from one of his favourite bands. And as soon as he opened it, he was like, what font did you use for this? I was like, I didn't. <laughs> I drew it all out completely by hand. So it's that general assumption that it must be created so that it can be used time and time again. I don't think people always perhaps understand that it's, it's designed to be used uniquely in most cases, hand lettering. You do get occasions where you hand letter out um, a font and you create create a font from your hand lettering and that, that will work and it will have like a nice little kind of cute hand lettered look about it but you're quite limited in what you can do with the letters in those cases and again it only would probably work for maybe a heading on something you probably would struggle to use it for like a whole page of text if you're writing a story or an, a, an article you probably wouldn't be able to use it for the main body I hope this is all making <laughs> making sense I'm probably guilty initially of seeing lettering in my early days of approaching hand lettering and thinking well, that that must have been you know created from a font and just tweaked slightly or that you know you've opened up a font in Photoshop typed it out and then just painted on some bits, but it's it's not quite the same as that. It is a case of hand lettering. So yeah, so I, I I explained all of those things to this person that shared that piece of work in the group. I highlighted the bits where there were connections, but explained that actually it has all been drawn by hand. That it isn't a specific font. It just shares qualities. Of fonts that you might be familiar with and I think that made a, a big difference to the way that they looked at lettering. That's it for this episode. Please do again if you have any questions about anything lettering related whatsoever whether it's just one question or whether it's ten <laughs> feel free to send them to me using ask at letteringtutorial.com or you can share your questions in the comments as well for the show notes for this episode so that's another great place to pop them where I'll find them and I can tackle them there or I can answer them in a podcast episode whichever you prefer really don't forget if you've liked this episode please do feel free to leave some honest feedback in iTunes or on Stitcher. You don't necessarily have to leave any suggestions <laughs> or comments, just maybe start based on how you feel about it. It'd be great to know what you think. Thank you very, very much for listening. I always do appreciate it. It's great to know that you're still listening along and this podcast is slowly but surely reaching more and more people. I was really impressed by how many people have listened to it. I don't do a lot of statistics and tracking and all that kind of stuff. I just want to help you so I kind of create the episodes and put them up and hope for the best. But there's a couple of things that I keep a, a very rough eye on um, just to make sure that it's sort of going okay. And those, those numbers seem to be growing all the time, so that's really great. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'll be back here again next week for another episode. Thank you and bye for now.